Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Camp Fimfo Waco, The Baylor Club, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, Versalive Southwest Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. What is Matt Mosley? The Matt Mosley Show comes to you live today right here in Central Texas. Great to be on with you. Wow, what a show we've put together. Now, I don't generally measure shows by, oh, look at the guest we have. I mean, I just kind of like to come on here and hopefully inform you, maybe entertain you at times. But we do have some awesome people um, on with us today, and I could not be more excited. Um, Part of the reason we're having um, our first guest is obviously because we lost a great American a great uh, broadcaster, and we lost uh, Vince Scully. <clears throat> and Vince Scully was uh, he was the voice of baseball for a lot of us and uh, meant so much. And I was just reading, in fact, one of the uh, many tributes to him. It was from a writer in the Washington Post. And it just it was so poetic. I, I may need to read a little bit of this in a minute. But... Uh, um, we're going to have Eric Nadell, the voice of the Rangers, on. And Eric grew uh, was born in New York, grew up there, and uh, obviously he was he was too young to really remember Vin when Vin, when the uh, Dodgers left Brooklyn to go to Los Angeles. I think Eric was about seven years old. But over the years, like many famous broadcasters, he's uh, listened to him, loved him. All of those things, Eric Nadell, and of course Eric was the voice for a lot of us that grew up listening to the Rangers. Uh, Mark Holtz, Eric Nadell, that was it, and that was uh, it was very important. Uh, I, I'll read a little bit of this to you. It says, uh, talking about Vin Scully, this this writer in the Washington Post, Mark Fisher says he issued each night a fanfare for the common man, an American anthem of constancy that never flinched from controversy, but never hyped anything either. His nightly love song to his sport and his audience captured the nation's triumphs and tensions like Aaron Copeland's music did, told the truth as Walter Cronkite did, burst bubbles of pomposity the way Johnny Carson did, and won our hearts the way the pre-scandal Bill Cosby did. Now, I may have, I may, if I was the writer, I probably would have left the Cosby thing out. There's really no need for that, obviously, with what's happened with, with Cosby. But still, I just thought that was really nice. And, uh, and, and they were talking about how uh, they said he, he was one of uh, something that's vanished, a genial truth teller, well-liked because he was honest, beloved because he was reliable, trusted because he loathed phonies, frauds, and showboats as much as his audience did. And that is the great Vin Scully, uh, died uh, Tuesday evening at the age of 94. And uh, just 
amazing, amazing person. 67-year broadcasting career. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a visit with Eric Nadell, the, Nadell, the uh, Hall of Fame voice of the Rangers. And we'll do that right off the top here, uh, well, here at 420, just in a few minutes. And I know Aaron's looking forward to that, and I know you will be looking forward to that. Uh, I was just sitting here getting ready for Eric, and I was looking at, you know, some of the top prospects uh, in the uh, Rangers organization. Now, one thing, when you have a lost season, which they do with manager uh, Chris Woodward will tell you, and I, I, it's time to start looking at the future. And one of the players that they're going to take a look at is uh, Cole Reagans. Um, and he, his career, he had a second Tommy, uh, John surgery 14 months ago. And I I mean, it it was really not looking good for him. He is now considered the number six Rangers pitching prospect, according to uh, Evan Grant in the morning news. And he was added to the Rangers taxi squad on Wednesday with the anticipation that he'll make his major league debut. Uh, as today's starting pitcher. Uh, Left-handed pitcher, first-round pick, uh, 2016. And, of course, he'll try to fill in because John Gray, who's had some great moments for the Rangers this season, uh, has been added to the injured list. That happened Tuesday with a left oblique strain. So I think... um, I think the uh, Rangers, I mean, you, you know, you, with with the drafting recently of, of uh, Kumar Rocker, with Jack Leiter on his way, um, we have not seen where uh, Kumar Rocker's going to end up, where he's going to start his career. But Leiter obviously has been at double A. Owen White, a right-handed pitcher, also at double A. And then uh, Cole Wynn. A right-handed pitcher is at AAA right now. It is now a good time to start taking a look at the future and uh, see who's going to be in that rotation for the Rangers. And so this will be uh, this will be great. And don't forget that uh, um, Brock Purdy, a fourth rounder with first round talent, that's another name to remember. Nineteen years of age. Rangers got him signed, and all of these folks have like kind of an ETA of what year they're expected to be in the majors. This probably says, Aaron, as much about the Rangers as anything. Leiter, Owen White, and this Cole Wynn all are slated to arrive in 2023. All right, Every, all of those pitchers have been ramped up and are going to be well on their way. The only one that's really pretty far down the road is the guy I mentioned, the 19-year-old right-handed pitcher, Brock Porter, whose ETA is 2026. Aaron, when you're as bad as the Rangers are and you can't beat the Baltimore Orioles, and by the way, Baltimore's bounced back this year, and they're about three or four games uh, uh, above 500. But this is how it works. And and these pitchers start arriving 
sooner than you had ever anticipated. And I would not uh, be shocked if Kumar Rocker, also from Vanderbilt, just like Jack Leiter, arrives in as early as 2024. Aaron, when I start talking about all these pitchers and then you got a chance to see Cole Reagans in the uh, rotation this very evening, does it get you a little excited? Did you get a little excited at least to getting a glimpse of what this future rotation might be? It does. This is probably the best, pitching-wise, the best the Rangers have been in their minor league organization. Overall, it may have been better back when John Daniels first started, but as far as having top pitching prospects, I don't ever remember them having this many good ones. Well, it's going to be interesting, and uh, Reagan's get, uh, gets to go to the to the front of the uh, list this evening. And uh, finally, I mean, I, I, I mentioned all those pitchers, Aaron. What was the um, what was the common denominator there? Well, it was I kept saying right-handed pitching. These are all righties except for Reagan's, and he's a lefty. And I I think. Uh, I think that it's going to be um, it's going to be fun to see and and to watch some of these matchups coming up. So um, this is uh, this is this is Cole Reagan's again going tonight. And when he was approached after uh, when he was going to have to have another surgery about fourteen months ago, um, a couple of the options were he could call it quits. Um, and no one would, would press him or, or be upset with him, or he could persevere and try to recover from the second Tommy John surgery in 14 months. And it becomes obvious now that he's pitching tonight what he chose. And uh, left-hander 2016 first-round pick. All right, I, Aaron, I, I don't know if I forgot if I sent you this earlier today. I know I was sending you a lot of stuff. Aaron will have some good stuff for us. Campus Confidential today. For our Cowboys fans, some not-so-good news out earlier today. Never a good sign when you read something along the lines of, well, we had to uh, we got to cut practice short because we don't have enough wide receivers. There was another position they mentioned as well, Aaron, but the one I zeroed in on was the wide receiver position because we've been talking about that so much. I mean, you don't want to be in the second week of practice. We're sitting here on a Thursday. But This was the first padded practice. Go ahead, Aaron. But how could that be? Because Jerry Jones just told us, what, Tuesday, that they were fine at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to get a look at the younger guys. Aaron... <laughs> Jerry would never lie to no. us. You know that. No. You know that. He is always above board in this capacity. So um, I am I am very interested to see. They do have some interesting young wide receivers. I don't think they were, were really wanting Jalen Tolbert to go into the season as the number two. You would like your third-round pick to have time to ease into this thing, and that's why James Washington was around. Now James Washington is hurt. 
the only other option you have for number two wide receiver as the roster is currently constructed, other than the rookie Tolbert, is Noah Brown. Now, Noah Brown has now been with the Cowboys. Aaron, I know this is hard to believe. I I think this is like his sixth season with the Cowboys. Does it feel like Noah Brown's been around that long? No, no, mainly because we haven't seen Noah a ton. I would say, though he's been oft injured, I, I like what I saw in camp. I really do. I like some of the things he did. I like the catches. I like the presence that he had. Is that what they wanted at number two? No. No, they didn't at all. But uh, but it may be the best they can do to start off. All right, Aaron. I'm glad. Some nights, Aaron, I, I, I will say that I don't envy you having to kind of be up there and produce those Rangers games, especially when they get on one of these long losing streaks and they're losing a ton of games in a row at home. But tonight, when you get to look at one of these prospects and, and, and you start rolling them into Arlington, I, I, I do envy you. I think it's going to be fun to, to hear that. Um, the, this is Chris Woodward, uh, what I was reading his quote today in the newspaper. The last couple of outings in AAA, he's executing and his stuff looks good. Talking about Reagan's. And honestly, he's pitching better than anybody else. That's the biggest thing. By the way, that almost includes the majors for the Rangers. Martin Perez is good. John Gray had been good, but he keeps getting banged up. I mean, I like Taylor Hearn. I've liked, hopefully, where his career could end up. But when you throw him in there as a starter, it has not gone particularly well. So I I am... uh, I am anxious to see what Cole Reagans can bring to the big league team. Now, they're in a bad way right now, and they need to get out there and they need to battle a little bit. All right, let me lay out the day for you. Uh, Eric Nadell, the uh, Hall of Famer, Ranger, broadcaster, on with us at 420. At 5 o'clock, Shane Anderson, the Midway football coach. Love what Midway's trying to do. They're in, a, they're in a district that's better suited for them. We're going to see some Midway Temple football. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we got a big um, scrimmage coming up that we need to announce. We knew it was coming up a week from Friday, but we're going to add to that. And uh, there's another team other than Lake Belton that has been added to that scrimmage. And that is coming up on August 12th, I believe. So some exciting stuff going on involving the Midway Panthers. And and uh, Shane Anderson will be on with us at 5 o'clock. At 5.20, gather round, gather round. One of my favorite all-time Baylor Bears, Matt Clark. Corsicana High School, great. Played for the Bears for the longest time. Had the longest reception in Baylor history at 88 yards. That came up in... I believe that game was in Fayetteville, and um, never forget, never forget those days. Matt Clark, who also became kind of a utility quarterback for the Bears in short yardage situations. I am so excited to get to hear and talk to Matt Clark. That's going to happen at 520 today. Big show planned for you. 
It's all coming up next. Stay tuned for Eric Nadell, the voice of the Texas Rangers. Your weather report is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency has offered Texans policies for their personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs. Check them out at nitschegroup.com. With the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency, Texans can go to one company and get access to insurance coverage options from many carriers. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. Your ESPN Central Texas forecast. Sunny and hot the rest of the afternoon with the heat advisory in effect. Tonight, clear skies, low of around 78. Tomorrow, more of the same. Sunny and hot heat advisory in effect with a high near 103. Currently 102 at ESPN Central Texas. Game time. Weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays. A stadium roaring with bare spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254-710-8080. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'm excited to share with you that we have over 100 new vehicles coming to us in the month of August. That means you can go back to school in style. So call us today and reserve your new Chevrolet and let us tell you about the largest and cleanest used car inventories in Central Texas. And don't forget that we have one of the best service and parts departments and top-notch body shops that help make your choice even clearer. So give us a call, 840-3261, or shop us 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Hey, Baylor fans, looking for a place to stay for the next home game? Camp Fempo Waco is a brand new camping resort located just five miles from McLean Stadium. Bring your RV or book a cabin at Camp Fempo and enjoy on-site amenities of our water playground, mini golf, and more. To learn more and book your stay, visit CampFempo.com. That's CampFempo.com. Your home for the Waco Lions, ESPN Central Texas. It's $5 gas and high-priced groceries eating into your pocketbook. Afraid at how much longer you'll be able to purchase a firearm for protection or sporting needs? Then you need to head to the Real Texas Gun Show in Harker Heights Event Center, August 6th and 7th. They have all types of firearms and ammunition you need. It's air-conditioned and family-friendly. Bring the kids. Head out and check out the new freeze-dried food vendors for long-term food needs. That's the Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, August 6th from 9 to 5, and Sunday, August 7th from noon to 4 at the Harker Heights Event Center. This is Scott Davis, owner of Universal Windows. With inflation driving material costs through the roof and interest rates rising, don't put off replacing those old inefficient windows. Take advantage of our 0% interest for up to six years. Save the equity in your home. Save your cash. Call today, 254-301-7760, and you too will be saved. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. 
At UBO Business Services, we understand the digital transformation is the integration of digital technology into all areas of a business, fundamentally changing how you operate and deliver value to your customers. By letting UBO Business Services identify and remedy inefficient paper and email-based business processes, we can help your organization grow by 20 to 30% without adding any additional headcount. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. The NFL on Wednesday appealed the six-game suspension for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson seeking a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy in the wake of the ruling on Monday. The Los Angeles Dodgers are paying tribute to legendary broadcaster Vin Skelly by wearing a black patch featuring a microphone and Vin on their uniforms. Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, and nine other golfers suspended by the PGA Tour for joining LIV Golf filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Cowboys signed four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Anthony Barr to a one-year deal. Astros avoid the sweep, beating the Red Sox 6-1. Astros hit the road for a series with the Guardians 6-10 first pitch tonight. Rangers swept by Baltimore. Texas starts a series with the White Sox tonight, 7:05 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. You heard the uh, White Sox in town. Cole Reagans, man, I'm excited about this. I like any major league debut, and this guy particularly has a really cool story. And, um, well, I, I, I've just been excited. I'm buying him a little time because he had his manager uh, preview and he has to get back up to his perch. I've been in there. I was allowed to broadcast in there a time or two. Uh, and he's, uh, well, actually, no, this is the new one. I'm thinking back at the old one. But uh, we are uh, uh, getting in touch as we speak with uh, the uh, Hall of Famer himself, Eric Nadell. Eric, uh, welcome to the Matt Mosley Show. I, I was vamping for a minute because I wanted to make sure you got off that <laughs> elevator. I didn't even get in the elevator. It hasn't come. So uh, I'm still in the in the bowels of the stadium, but I think I'm in a reasonably quiet place. You are, and uh, you sound great as always. And we'll get to this. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in this debut, Cole Reagans. I mean, that's always fun when you get to somebody, especially with a story like this. But I tell you, the Vin Scully passing away, um, it, it, you know, obviously at his age, it's not like it could come to a shock to any of us, but still the, the end of an era, uh, and, and I, I thought of you, Eric, cause I just thought, man, Eric, uh, like nobody else will have thoughts and memories of Vin that there's just, I think I heard you say it yesterday, Eric, the, the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time. What was your first thought or the memories that flooded back to you when you heard the news about uh, Vin's passing on uh, on Tuesday evening? Well, you got to realize, Mo, that I grew up in Brooklyn, and my parents were Brooklyn Dodger fans who listened avidly to the radio all the time. Uh, I started going to Brooklyn Dodger games the last year they were in Brooklyn before they moved to Los Angeles. So I remember going to a few games. I don't remember listening on the radio 
But I remember my mom telling me one time when I told her I was going to meet Vince Scully, she said, tell Mr. Scully that you were listening to him in the womb. And uh, so I have a, you know, a long family history, you know, of enjoying and respecting Vin. And when I finally got to meet him, Mark Holtz and I got to meet him uh, when the Rangers played the Dodgers in spring training in 1982. Uh, and he was just so gracious, so warm, treating us like equals, which was ridiculous. You know, we were just basically rookie big league announcers. And he'd already been there for 30 some odd years and, you know, treated us like we deserved to be there and was just incredibly kind every time I saw them. And so whenever we would play the Dodgers in spring training or in interleague play, I would make sure I got to the ballpark early so I could spend a little bit of time with them. And he was always really giving and anytime I would bring up a friend who was from Brooklyn, you know, he was extra, extra special in coming over and signing anything they had. Uh, just a phenomenal human being. One of those situations where you meet one of your heroes and he turns out to be everything you hoped he would be and more. And then as a broadcaster, you know, he's inarguably the best ever. I don't know that there's any other profession where you ask everybody who does that for a living, who's the best to ever do this? And every single person is going to say Vin Scully. You will not get a different answer. If you ask the 100 major league announcers right now uh, for the 30 teams, who's the best ever, you'll get 100 of them say Vin Scully. You might get 100 different answers for who's the second best, but everyone <laughs> will say Vin Scully. Well, I bet that was something in 1982, you know, because most times you're you're in all maybe of meeting one of your baseball heroes that you grew up. But then when it becomes your profession and somebody you grew up loving and maybe wanting to emulate and getting to see him. And like you say, he lives up to that reputation. That's a pretty awesome thing. Now, what what do you think it was that set him apart and made him? so appealing to listen to, but also universally beloved. He was better than everyone else in every single aspect of baseball broadcast. And you start with the voice. He had this incredibly smooth, friendly voice that always had a smile in his voice. He had inflections that were different from everybody else's. They were more varied. Uh, he had a better vocabulary than everybody else. He was more creative in the way he used the language. He was more well-read, and he would bring up stuff from Shakespeare and from you know movies and literature and work that in. He worked harder than everybody else, even right to the end. He wasn't mailing it in when he was working in his 80s. You know, He was coming up with stories. He was researching, researching stuff and coming up with stories about the players that nobody else had and seamlessly weaving them into the broadcasts. And then you come down to the dramatic moments, and he just he had the ultimate ability to describe things perfectly, and he knew when to talk and when not to talk. You know, he just had a sense of that better than anybody. So, again, it's every single thing that we try to do as a broadcaster, he did better than anybody else. It's, it's really incredible. Do you remember that famous, the most famous one, probably his most iconic call, the Kirk Gibson? Do you, I mean, the, to encapsulate it, to let the crowd go for a while, and then his line about the improbable uh, has ended with the impossible. I, I was hearing Al Michaels talk about that. I mean, I, and he was kind of going back over what had happened that season with the Dodgers. And, and, and in a sense, that just, that, that one line perfectly captured not only the moment 
but sort of what had happened that season with the Dodgers. Yeah, and, you know, and to have that come out extemporaneously, you know, to have it not be prepared, because you're not prepared for Kirk Gibson to come, you know, hobbling off the bench using his bat as a cane and hitting a game-winning home run. There's no way you prepare for that. And that he was able to spit that out at the right moment. You know, similarly, his his wrap-up on the Hank Aaron home run, you know, about how a black man in the South is being is being cheered uh, for breaking a, an all-time record uh, of a white legend, you know, all that kind of stuff, to just come, you know, spontaneously out of somebody. No, that's just, just a gift that nobody else had. Eric Nadell, voice of the Rangers, joined the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Did you ever try to mimic anyone, uh, whether it be Vin or Mel Allen or anybody? Did you ever find yourself as a young broadcaster trying to emulate or, or almost capture someone else's cadence? Not in baseball. Uh, in basketball and hockey, I was a, I was a Marv Albert imitator. He's the guy that I grew up listening to. You know, he had a very fast kind of staccato type delivery when he was doing radio for the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. Uh, it's a lot of kind of what Chuck Cooperstein sounds like doing basketball. That's That was kind of my style doing basketball and hockey. But in baseball, no. In baseball, I really didn't uh, try and imitate anybody in terms of the style. What I did do, and I still do, is I look for phrases that other announcers are using, descriptive phrases that I'm not using. And Vin Scully supplied the most. You know, I listen to games a lot on my way to the ballpark or anytime I'm in the car. And if I hear an announcer using a phrase that I'm not using to describe something or even an interesting way of coming out of a commercial break, I'll make a note of it and I'll write it in red in my scorebook that night and try and work it in. And eventually it'll become part of my vocabulary and it'll be on the tip of my tongue then when i would listen to a game with Vin, I, I wouldn't have enough space on the paper for all the things i was writing down like <laughs> how is he inventing this stuff it's like listening to mike emmerich do a hockey game you know the phraseology is just much more creative and more descriptive than other announcers and so you know from then over the years i got lots of you know lots of different ways of describing things that I never had before. But in terms of trying to copy his style, no, I never did. But you hear lots of announcers who clearly have been influenced by him, you know, probably grew up listening to him on the West Coast somewhere. And they do have the kind of cadence uh, that Vin had, you know, and some of the inflections that Vin had. You like to describe the uniforms. You're very descriptive in that. And I, I'm sure you started that pretty early in your career. I think uh, I think I've heard Vin of, of the Dodgers say it was wedding cake white. That's a good, you know that would be a, a a really nice thing. Is that something you picked up on uh, early in your broadcasting career, or somebody you listened to that you loved? Kind of how they described uh, the different uh, uniforms and how how ball players were dressed. Yeah, the New York Mets announcers were very descriptive um, when I was a kid. Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson. Uh, they were always talking about what the clouds looked like, uh, what the skies looked like, and, and what the uniforms looked like. And even going back to, uh, you know, earlier broadcasts that I would listen to, you know, I would get tapes originally and then CDs of older broadcasts, broadcasts from the 40s and 50s and 60s, before there were a lot of games televised, where radio announcers really did a lot more description of what the players looked like, what their stamps looked like, how they were wearing their uniform. 
you know, in addition to the actual style of the uniforms, which back in those days, there wasn't that much. You know, everybody would just wore a gray uniform with either the team name across the front or if you were the Cardinals, you know, you had the bird on the bats. There, there wasn't that much to describe in terms of what the uniforms looked like. But now every team has, you know, five different uniforms. And it's interesting to me, which one are they wearing tonight? You know, and, and you know, what does it look like? Do they have stripes down the side of the pants? You know, are they, are they wearing a solid cap or a cap with a different colored brim? You know, we're painting a word picture for people. And as a kid listening to games on the radio, the announcers were always doing that. Now people just tend to assume, well, I know what that player looks like. I've seen him on TV a million times. You know, back in the earlier days, you didn't assume that. And so I figure with people who are listening on the radio, well, maybe they're primarily radio listeners. Maybe they don't have the cable package that has TV. So, you know, I've got to tell them what things look like in the ballpark. You know, Vin made the transition from radio to TV. It, some, it seems like seamlessly. You've had all sorts of opportunities over the years to do that. You chose not to. Did, did what do you, what do you think? Did, did do you think Vin just? It was just kind of a natural thing. When do you remember him becoming known more for TV? I guess that had to do with he was getting golf and and uh, NFL opportunities as well. But uh, how, how do you, when do you kind of remember that transition happening with him? Well, the thing you got to remember is, you know, back in the 60s and the 70s and even the early 80s, most teams rotated their announcers between radio and TV. Mm. Uh, even when I started doing the Rangers, I would do the middle three innings of the game on TV. Uh, you literally would switch announcers, and the teams thought that that was good. It was fresh for the audience to get a different perspective. And the announcers loved doing both radio and TV. I did. Uh, once the TV broadcast became full of video packages and graphics and sponsored elements, it was more important to have the same announcer as trying to be kind of a master of ceremonies traffic cop for the entire game. And they started using ex-players more as analysts. And it didn't really make sense anymore to have the announcers going back and forth between radio and TV. Uh, but Vin was one of the last guys who did both. He would eventually do uh, the first three innings of the game on radio and then go over to TV. And then finally, the TV station said, well, we want him all the time. And the radio station said, well, we're not giving him up. And they compromised and let Vin do a simulcast. So the first three innings of the game, his last several years, were simulcast on radio and TV. And he basically did it as a radio broadcast. And the people watching on TV, you know, heard the announcer talking more than they were accustomed to. Uh, but then from the fourth inning on, when he was no longer on TV, he would shift gears and go into more of a classic television broadcast with not quite as much description but he always worked alone too you know that was the thing that was so different about him he refused to use an analyst you know his theory was as explained to him by red barber when he started uh you're doing a broadcast and you're telling a story and it's like sitting across the kitchen table from somebody he didn't want anybody else putting his two cents in you know he wanted to tell the story his way and he didn't want anybody else butting in and he did that to his final days of working in 2016 he would do an entire telecast without a color man which is it's hard to believe especially considering how long the games are now it was one thing when the games were two and a half hours now that they're often three and a half hours that's really hard to do 
and he did it, it well into his 80s and uh he you know retired not that long ago 67 years of doing it i loved your open yesterday when you you used his signature phrase of uh pull up a chair and uh i just thought that was so neat and it was uh you know it was just really it was kind of like you understated but but very appropriate so i well, uh, kudos you. to you on that I appreciate it. It was kind of fun the last two days, you know, paying tribute and, you know, using a lot of his phrases and talking about him throughout the game. Um, still just such a, such a crushing blow to all of us. You know, you knew at age 94, he's not going to live forever, but somehow you hoped that he would. Yeah. I mean, he started tweeting uh, just in the last couple of years. We had seen him on, uh, on Twitter well, I I had looked forward to this, and uh, I loved listening to you and Matt yesterday talking, and even those John Miller stories of impersonating different people. And I, you know, I I, I knew John had been with the Rangers at one point, but you sometimes forget. And uh, what a what a crew that y'all had. That was. Uh, I may have to YouTube and see if I can find some of uh, your old uh, TV work, Eric. Maybe some of your you HSC see days. Mine, but you do want. You do want to find some of John doing impersonations of Bob Shepard and Vince Scully <laughs> and, and those guys. Um, and as for the debuts, uh, I've got some news for you. It's not just Cole Reagan's making his major league debut tonight. Bubba Thompson has been called up, and he's here, and he's starting in left field making his major league debut. Two first-round draft choices who were drafted out of high school, one in 2016 and one in 2017, are making their major league debut on the same night. And everybody is scurrying around to find out the last time that happened, if it ever happened on the same team. Wow. Yeah, maybe Elias can help out on some of that. Well, thank you for bringing sure that. Find it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be fun to see both of them out there. And uh, Cole Reagans with his, uh, you know, his perseverance and all that he's overcome. Uh, Eric, I mean, but within, you know, 2023 or 24, lighter, rocker, Reagan's, I mean, when it, it is interesting that in double A and triple A right now, and of course, Reagan's starting tonight, you could have the makings of the future rotation. And depending on how all this works out timing wise, that is, uh, that, as a broadcaster who's done this for a long time, that does have to, to bring some excitement, I would think. Yeah, you hope so. You know, until you actually see those guys pitching in the big leagues, you know, they're really just names to us. But obviously, if you believe, what the scouts have to say, it's uh, it's pretty promising. All right, Eric, jump in that elevator, get up to your perch, okay. and uh, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mo. Okay, there he goes, Eric Nadell, voice of the Rangers. And you know what Vince Scully was for a lot of kids? Eric was that for a lot of us. Um, and there I was at summer camp. I think it was Camp Longhorn. I had smuggled a pair of uh, uh, earphones in there, the, the kind that have the built-in AM, FM. And I believe the one night, probably circa 1985 or 86, Charlie Huff had a no-hitter going. And I believe it was George Wright who misplayed a ball out there. And, uh, and not only was the no-hitter broken up, but I believe the Rangers ended up losing that game. Of course, Eric... And, uh, and and Mark Holtz were doing that game. So uh, we all have voices that we grew up listening to, and, and uh, it's kind of fun to still get to, uh, you know, he talked about getting to meet Vin Scully, and that Vin Scully ended up being 
as nice as his reputation. And I found that when I came up in the business and, and got to know Eric. And he ended up being every bit as, as nice and gracious as uh, you would have hoped. All right, it's the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. Campus Confidential is next. Recently on the John Moore Show. We are pleased to have with us the new commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, Brett Yormark. I'd like to build the brand of the Big 12 um, in New York. I'm not sure a lot of people know the Big 12 brand. And candidly, I want to make it a national brand that's recognizable all over the country. And when student athletes are in their senior year and they're contemplating what's next, I want them to say, I need to go to the Big 12. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitam Evas. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Some things never change, like the commitment to service and protection the Nitchi Group Insurance Agency has offered since 1949. Whether you're needing a new business policy to get your operations up and running, adding cyber liability for a remote workforce, or if you're needing to pause your current coverage, our team is here for the protection you need when you need it. Whatever your coverage needs, talk to the experts that care. Call the Nitchi Group to discuss your personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs at 1-800-258-8302. What's up, guys? This is Tori down at Harley-Davidson of Waco. With gas prices booming, you deserve to get your knees in the breeze and save some cash. With record-breaking numbers the past few months and June right on track to make waves, we need your help to keep up this momentum. Whether it's purchasing your very first Harley-Davidson motorcycle or getting rid of your third old bike in the garage, we would love to have your business. Be cautious of the heat outside, but take advantage of the heat inside with these smoking hot deals, y'all. Trade it in, take it home, or turn it over. This is only the beginning at Harley-Davidson of Waco, or you'll never ride alone. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different, bank central. Central National Bank, member FDIC. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H-braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. 
Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'm excited to share with you that we have over 100 new vehicles coming to us in the month of August. That means you can go back to school in style. So call us today and reserve your new Chevrolet and let us tell you about the largest and cleanest used car inventories in Central Texas. And don't forget that we have one of the best service and parts departments and top-notch body shops that help make your choice even clearer. So give us a call, 840-3261, or shop us 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weiss with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. The NFL on Wednesday appealed the six-game suspension for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson seeking a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy in the wake of the ruling on Monday. The Los Angeles Dodgers are paying tribute to legendary broadcaster Vin Skelly by wearing a black patch featuring a microphone and Vin on their uniforms. Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, and nine other golfers suspended by the PGA Tour for joining LIV Golf filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Cowboys signed four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Anthony Barr to a one-year deal. Astros avoid the sweep, beating the Red Sox 6-1. Astros hit the road for a series with the Guardians 6-10 first pitch tonight. Rangers swept by Baltimore. Texas starts a series with the White Sox tonight, 7:05 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. Oh, this is Matt Mosley, and um, it is time for some Campus Confidential. Lots going on, college athletics. I was hearing from uh, somebody involved with the Baylor basketball program today. Baylor uh, doing its international thing. Uh, and, of course, they just continue to reel in some of those unbelievable uh, European players. And uh, that's not going to change. That's not going to change when John Jacobs starts his globe trotting. And he's doing it right now. Romania, I believe, is uh, where he currently is. So very exciting for the Baylor men's basketball program Aaron Sexton is standing by in our newsroom Aaron what do you have for us today with the additions of USC and UCLA the Big Ten now hopes to earn 50% more in its media rights fees at least 1.5 billion annually according to front office sports if the conference can pull this off it would be the richest in all of college sports it would dwarf even the media rights deals that the SEC is expected to get. There was rumblings that the Big Ten media deal could be worth up to a billion dollars a year. This new report, though, is now saying a billion and a half. Their current media rights deal pays them $440 million annually, so it would more than triple their current deal if the report's accurate. Whoa. <laughs> Man. And uh, this news out there, that is a monster. Now, Aaron, by the way, the, speaking of the, those Pac-12 teams that uh, left and then uh, are apparently going to bring all this extra money in, and uh, Aaron's talking about the, the number tripling. Well, the sad Pac-12, the remaining Pac-12 members, you know, they've been sniping at the Big 12, the Big 12 snapping back. I thought you would like this, Aaron. Uh, a well-known radio-slash-newspaper columnist 
from out there in Pac-12 land. In fact, he's covered the Blazers, and he's very well known out there. He and Barry Wilner, who you've talked about, have a podcast together. His name is John Canzano, and you've been seeing him on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Aaron, hold off being too mean to him, okay, for the next just few days. I think we're going to tape something with him Monday. Okay, he he has a show three to six, kind of the same time we do. So we're going to have to get a little creative, and we may have to tape it in that uh, two o'clock hour. But um, John Canzano, Aaron is going to uh, jump on with us, so we can have a little Pac-12, Big Twelve debate. All right. Okay, I've got to go delete a tweet real quick. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! No. Stop it! Uh. You've been tough on these people, but uh, yes, yes. I, I thought I needed to warn you because Kenzano has been one of the main guys sort of saying, hey, pipe, pipe down, Big 12. The Pac-12 is going to be just fine. I think it would be a kind of a healthy debate. Kenzano's very well known in that part of the world, so he knows Oregon. He knows Oregon State, and I think he'll be informative. So I don't want to just go all in on him. I want to have a good, healthy debate and uh in visit with john canzano and i think we're going to try to do that monday uh also we are in the process of trying to secure an interview and we're next in line the problem is she is very high in demand all right but the good news is we're next and we have people on the inside who are tremendous fans of this show including she and her husband. I'm speaking of the president of Baylor University, President Livingstone. And uh, with her um, being named the um, chairman of the Division I, uh, uh, this uh, uh, college athletics, I mean, this is a huge uh, position she's been appointed over the NCAA, and uh, she is going to be the chairman chairperson and i think uh, i think we will celebrate that by having her right here on the matt mosley show soon all right uh aaron what else do you have for us by the way give me that number again did you say 1.5 billion for the big 10 for year per year yes the payout would be and what does that come out to per school like 70 80 million per year is that about right yes um, <laughs> You're just agreeing with me. No, You're no, no. I, 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 because I, <laughs> I thought about that, and then I, I had the wrong number of teams. Once they add the, uh, once they add the two. Yeah, it's about ninety three, ninety, a little less than ninety four million per school when they get up to sixteen teams, and that's Ooh. I think that what's been reported is the SEC will sign a deal that'll be at about eighty million per school. What did you do, Aaron? Did you get your calculator out real quick? I literally got that? my calculator out to, yeah. to math that because it's not like one of that. my strong points. Speaking of uh, TV deals, today is the day that the exclusive negotiating period for the Pac-12's TV rights deal ends. That ends today uh, for both ESPN and Fox, but Fox had decided early in the process they weren't bidding on the Pac-12, so it was basically just... ESPN, and they have made offers. There's been various reports that they were about 25 to 27 million per school. You were talking about uh, Casano, Catizano, 
Canzano. Canzano, excuse me. He has reported that that's untrue, but I mean, I, there's three or four other sources that say were. But anyway, that window is now closed. They can negotiate with other people, but it also, I mean, it could mean other things. I'm not speculating, but I think that there was a lot of people, including some Pac-12 schools, to see what happened in that window. And now that that window's now that that window is over after today, I think we could see some things happening. And I'm not now, just talking exclu- about school switching. I'm yeah. talking about me- the, the numbers could be wrong and, and other networks could bid on the Pac-12. But let's remember that's an exclusive window. And now that the Fox and ESPN don't have that window, you know, other streaming folks could get involved. The, the one point that Canzano and others have made that is an accurate point, Aaron, that maybe as Big 12 enthusiasts we haven't really recognized or talked about ourselves that much is that is a coveted slot because that, those late-night games, as much as some of those schools hate playing those, the TV networks actually enjoy having those late, nine o'clock window games uh in the pac 12 and because of where they are located it does offer uh something to that tv window so that is something to keep in mind that's not a that's that may be a knock on with some people when they talk about pac 12 after dark i think it's actually a positive thing for the pac 12 with the tv networks because they do like to keep having windows go all the way late into the evening the networks do right. because what they love is live programming any sort of live programming because why is that well if you just start looking the nfl and college and all those things the highest rated games and and shows always are live sports uh, almost always and 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 so they they become extremely coveted yeah, absolutely, and that's one when you know the Big 12's media rights come up in a couple of years. There's obviously been speculation that they they want a couple of those Pac-12 schools to be in the Big 12, which would mean that 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 the Big 12 could offer games in those in that window. But one of the spell, one of the things I've read is that one of the selling points for the media rights package for the Big 12 when it comes up is they can offer games in every window because they have BYU now. Obviously, not as many as the Pac-12. But they would be able to add a few games a year, even if they don't add anyone else to the conference, uh, with BYU being on the West Coast in that late window as well. By the way, if the Big 12 could get enough money from ESPN or Fox or one of these streamers, Aaron, we would be attending like 9 and 10 p.m. games at Baylor. Okay? If they, if they were willing to pay up enough money and they wanted to guarantee – Late night windows. Uh, we would. Oh, that's we would, true. We would show up, <laughs> and we would enjoy ourselves, and we just tailgate, you know, a little longer and a little harder, and then we would start the game at like nine or ten. Now, I'm not a big tailgate guy. I do like doing our tailgate show. I enjoy that, but as a good Baptist, God fearing Baptist, I am not a real. Uh, I'm not a like. You remember, Aaron, when that became a big story, the tailgate boys or whatever they were called, the tailgate guys, and, boy, they made everybody mad out there. I, I couldn't get really up in arms about that. 
because I'm someone who likes to roll into town and then roll right into the game. Okay? I do Same. not need four hours <laughs> of drinking. Okay? Even- I, I don't really enjoy that kind of thing anyway, but I don't – even if I did drink, it just doesn't – that doesn't seem like a healthy decision to drink for four or five hours and then try to – Enjoy the game for three for four hours, and then stumble back out there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a church lady. No, I'm with anyway. you, Ab. Even back, yeah. you know, I had a period where I drank way too much, and even then, I didn't enjoy doing it in a parking lot before a football or a baseball game. There you it's go. Just never been my thing. Any other things you want to share? Or get off your chest? <laughs> no, no. We better get to the Cowboys report, and we got a big interview coming up. I was. I want you to stop publicizing this Cowboys report, okay? <laughs> Stop it. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we will let you hear the Cowboys report. Shane Anderson, head football coach at Midway, and then stay tuned, by the way, at 520, Matt Clark, one of my all-time favorite Baylor Bears. All of that's coming up in the glorious 5 o'clock hour. Everyone, with the Cowboys hut. training camp hut. report, I'm Christy Scales. Dallas adds a four-time Pro Bowl linebacker to the roster. We'll tell you about Anthony Barr after this. Ever wonder what it's like to play for the Dallas Cowboys? To sit in the same locker room as your favorite Cowboys players? To run into the end zone? You could do all that and more when you tour AT&T Stadium. Play on the field, see the locker rooms, and get a behind-the-scenes look at AT&T Stadium. It's all possible with AT&T Stadium tours presented by SeatGeek. Tours are available daily. Visit attstadium.com for details and to get your tickets today. That's attstadium.com. Becky Hammond on being the first woman to coach in the NBA. What if it's no big deal that I'm a woman? What if it's about striving for excellence and being the best me without the label? It's not about where others say you should be. It's about where you want to go. It's about a financial services company that focuses on your measures of success. Whether it's for your home or business, we offer personalized service and expert advice to help you achieve your unique goals. Visit SWBC.com for financial services without the labels. The Cowboys agreed to terms with four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Anthony Barr, a 30-year-old former Vikings first-round pick who spent his first eight seasons in Minnesota, where current Cowboys senior defensive assistant George Edwards was Barr's defensive coordinator. He's missed 20 games the past two years combined because of injuries, but he does add experience and pedigree to a position group featuring Micah Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch. Yesterday, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn was asked what traits he looks for in a linebacker. The traits of speed and length physically and then tackling. That's the name of the game. Can you play square and strong and tackle? And that's an instinctual part of it because he's generally going to where he thinks the ball is. To make room on the roster, the Cowboys released linebacker Aaron Hansford from Texas A&M. With the boys in Oxnard, I'm Christy Scales. Cowboy Report brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Cars and trunks are arriving weekly. Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit in Waco and at richardcar.com. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at syntechsportsfan.com. 
Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. When you do whatever it takes to get the job done, they say you're on it. At ASCO Equipment, they work hard to get the job done and get it done right. They partnered with Doosan Forklifts because they get the job done too. Doosan builds cushion, electric, and pneumatic forklifts you buy and rent at ASCO Equipment. And they service and support it. Quality forklifts that get the job done. ASCO Equipment, they're on it, whatever it is. It's $5 gas and high-priced groceries eating into your pocketbook. Afraid at how much longer you'll be able to purchase a firearm for protection or sporting needs? Then you need to head to the Real Texas Gun Show in Harker Heights Event Center, August 6th and 7th. They have all types of firearms and ammunition you need. It's air-conditioned and family-friendly. Bring the kids. Head out and check out the new freeze-dried food vendors for long-term food needs. That's the Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, August 6th from 9 to 5, and Sunday, August 7th from noon to 4 at the Harker Heights Event Center. The Big 12 Blitz, weekdays at 5.50 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Mike Terry Auto Group is proud to serve Central Texas with the best deals on new and used cars, auto service, and community involvement. With over seven brands of vehicles, you're sure to find your new ride from Mike Terry Auto Group. Check out their Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealership in Hillsboro and the Chevy Buick GMC dealership in Mahia. At any Mike Terry dealership, they will pay over the price of Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in and accept all creditors. Check out their website at mterryautogroup.com to see the value of your trade-in and browse their inventory. Head over to Mike Terry Auto Dealership today and find someone you can trust. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco and Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month. The Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delish. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Jim Turner Chevrolet, The Baylor Club, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, Versalive Southwest Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. Let's go out to Midway and talk to Shane Anderson, head football coach out there. And uh, Shane, this is uh, these are exciting times. I've been enjoying some of the videos that some of your folks are posting out there. Uh, 5 a.m. wake-up calls I'm reading about. Uh, I think that is wise to get them out there before that heat takes hold. Uh, how, how exciting has it been gathering everybody up this week and getting them back on the field? Uh, it's been absolutely exciting, man, and, and thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been a great week so far, and uh, we get to put the pads, full pads on tomorrow and then have a little inter-squad scrimmage on Saturday and see where we're at. 
Oh, the inter-squad scrimmage. I think you have a, an actual scrimmage, what, a week from tomorrow. It's all coming up quickly. Shane, can we announce, is there, did I, a uh, little birdie told me maybe there was a third team that had gotten involved in in an upcoming scrimmage that's going to be out there at Midway. Is that, uh, uh, can we go ahead and take that to the air? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, like I said, we had, we had I was going to, I was going to put something on Twitter myself, uh, Earlier today, and we got busy in the staff meeting. I totally forgot about it, but yeah, we're uh, we're excited. Uh, Coach Clint Hartman, and, and uh, I guess it'd be Midland Legacy. Used to be Midland Lee Rebels. There, they're going to come join us. I think they were dropped uh, earlier this week by Dell Valley uh, down in Austin, and uh, got dropped. And so he's he's kind of you know caught with his pants down, so to speak, there in, in Midland. And, and so he's a good friend of mine, and, and uh, we're on the board of directors, THSCA board of directors together. And So I called Coach Cope at Lake Belton, and who were playing on scrimmage, and I said, hey, would you mind? And Cope said, no, not at all. So anyways, it'll be us, Lake Belton, and, and the Midland Legacy here at Panther Stadium next Friday. So it should be a really fun scrimmage, and, and we should get a, got a lot of good looks to see where we're at. That you know those uh, those are great, and and part of that is because you know those coaches so well, Shane. Y'all can control everything, kind of agree on all those rules. Uh, now, in a scrimmage like that, that early, you're certainly not wanting to show too much. What's the best thing that that those kind of scrimmages can accomplish, other than getting to hit other people? I I, I think that's got to be something. That the that the players look forward to. What do you what do you what are the most important things you can take from a from a scrimmage like that? Well, you know, we want to be able to you know see if we can get out there and run our base offense and base defense and uh, do a great job with that, and uh, you know see how much carryover we have from the spring and summer, and and you know this week of fall camp and next week we'll have you know three days, and then you know we'll uh, we'll do a little walk through and and uh, get ready to go for Friday. But uh, we just want to see if we can execute, you know, our base stuff and and see how fast our kids can play and and see how well we're tackling and and blocking and just fundamentals. Well, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to, to watch. Um, You elected to do spring football, kind of let the, let the kids work on the weightlifting and, and really get stronger. And then you can start obviously the summer with fall, you can start a little earlier when you make that decision. What Shane, what went into that, uh, you know, that decision and do you, do you feel like already a few days into practice, is it paying off for you? Yeah, there's several things that go into it. I think first and foremost, uh, you know, we want to do what's best for our kids at Midway. And, you know, we, we encourage our kids here at Midway to, to be multi-sport athletes and to play every sport that they can play. And, you know, in the springtime, uh, you know, you have track and, and baseball going. And, and we want those kids to not be put in a situation where they have to they have to choose. And so we want we want to try to accommodate as many kids as we can because that's what we're in the profession for as kids. And, uh, you know, as a football program, uh, you know, we can still get our – our off-season weight training done, and we can get just as much done in, in t-shirt and shorts uh, during our athletic period as you can with, without the pad with the pads on. And so, and then the way the UIL is structured this summer now, you know, it gives us an opportunity to do ball throughout the year. And you know, um, I'm a big believer in not letting kids get burnt out on football. I think we got to keep them fresh and then, you know, and make it fun for them. And so. I just I've never been a big fan of spring ball. Uh, even as an assistant when I was here and a defensive coordinator when I was here, I just there's not a whole lot to look forward to. And man, it sure is nice not to have to 
you know, panic and rush this week, you know, just having this week just to teach and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we feel like it's going to, it's going to give us an advantage and then having two scrimmages, I think will give us an opportunity to be ready to go on the 26th. Shane Anderson joining us on the Matt Mosley show ESPN central Texas. I have been uh, monitoring your quarterback, Reed Tedford, uh, his progress. It looks like, uh, Things are kind of heating up. He's uh, he's got several uh, uh, local universities and statewide, uh, even into Tulsa, that are taking uh, a look at him. This is a, this is such an interesting prospect um, because of his uncommon size six seven. 225 pounds, I believe, is what you all have him listed. And I think he's probably every bit of that. Where, where have you seen Reed grow the most? And did he take advantage of some of these seven-on-seven and some of these skill opportunities that folks have in the offseason? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, Reed's a great young man. And, uh, you know, he's a coach's kid. His dad is our strength coach and, and uh, you know, has been a strength coach at the Division One and NFL level. And, so Greed's grown up around the game, and, and he's had a goal of being a college football player since he was a little kid. And you know, we just—I'm fortunate to get to, you know Coach Reed, and, and, and you know, getting to know him over the last year, he's grown up a, a ton. You know, just maturity-wise, uh, being a leader. You know, and obviously he's 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 gotten stronger and faster in the in the weight room, and you know he's he's done a really nice job. He ran really well at uh, at the TCU camp. I think he ran a. Four seven four four seven two at the TCU camp, and so you know he's got a lot of eyes on him, and he's he's going to have an opportunity, and you know I'm hoping for Reed and the Midway Panthers. He plays really well early on, uh, you know, because those first three games are going to be critical for him as far as his recruiting goes. He'll have an opportunity to play at the next level just because of his size and his athleticism. But you know I know he wants to play quarterback, and you know there's been a several Division one schools talking to him about playing tight end. And so, you know, he doesn't really, you know, he's one of those kids, he just wants to play and he wants to play at the next level and and he wants to go out with a bang as a senior here at Midway and then get that bad taste out of his mouth and our mouth over the last two years. And so, you know, we're going to rely heavily on him. And and I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a really, really good senior year. Have you seen him in the in the uh, pool? I can I can just imagine with that wingspan, that six seven frame, can he get after it in the uh, in the swimming pool? <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't seen him swim, but uh, you know he's definitely ever been a six seven and you know super flexible and super athletic. And like I said, he's uh, he's a great young man that's going to have a very very bright future and, and hopefully a great senior campaign here at Midway. Now, I was talking to some of my local TV buddies, Chris Williams being one of them, and, and they were telling me that uh, that you're really feeling good about where your O-line is headed. And, and we know winning in the trenches is so big. I know that was a, um, an issue a little bit last year. What is it about this group, and, and maybe even maybe you've got some new blood in there, but that, that, that gives you so much hope and excitement uh, up front? Yeah, you know, uh, I know it's a it's a cliche in football. Uh, you know, you, you win it up front, but it's the truth. And uh, you know, we're very excited about our offense and defensive line. I think we we have you know great potential there, uh, and then you know great depth. It's probably the you know the two positions on our team that we have the most depth at, and uh, so we're super excited. You know, those guys have have bought into the weight room. And, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that, you know, 
O-line and D-line were probably our worst positions last year. Uh, just simply, you know, from a strength standpoint and experience standpoint, played some young guys. And, and so, you know, right now we have uh, we have five seniors on the O-line and we have a sophomore, Michael Collins, who's who's pushing for a starting spot. And, you know, Michael will be a power five kid. Uh, he's, he's a special, special talent. And he's just going to be a sophomore. So, you know, we're super strong up front on both sides of the ball. And, and we feel like we have seven to eight offensive linemen and, you know, eight to ten defensive linemen that we can roll and, and, and feel good about. And uh, Coach Lenoy Jones has done a great job with our D-line. And Coach Cody Jones and Jim Walski have done a great job with our offensive line. So, yeah, we're excited about those two uh, positions. And, uh, you know, hopefully they do a great job for us. All right. And I was also looking at that running back duo. Uh, I think Coach Hitchens, your uh, one of your coaches, put a nice video out there. And, boy, you got nicknames that are showing up. Uh, I, I really like what he's doing with some of those. Uh, uh, you got Dom Hill, and then you got him going through. And then uh, also, by the way, it features Coach Hitchens in this video. I like that yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. But, man, those are – you talk about fire and ice. I'm looking at one of those uh, – um, I think he was calling it the smoke. Um, I'm looking at one of those big running backs, and my goodness, the uh, the size. This has a chance with uh, with with Draylon and Dom to be a really nice combo. How much excitement do you have about that running game? Yeah, we're excited, man. Uh, you know, Dom's been a you know two year letterman and as a sophomore and junior, and, and you know he's. You know, he's kind of flying under the radar just because of the record and, and because of the success that, that Midway's had as a team. But, uh, you know, he's he's another young man that's had a great offseason. And, you know, he's a 1,300-pound kid in the weight room, meaning his bench, squat, power clean, and incline, he totals 13 over 1,300 pounds. And so he's super strong, uh, you know, runs very well, got a lot of experience playing on Friday night. And then Draylon Magruder was a sophomore we had on varsity last year. He'll be a junior. <clears throat> he's another kid. Well over a thousand pounds in the weight room. Uh, you know, both those kids have had a great off season, and, and we're gonna we're gonna feed them the rock as much as they want it this year. And uh, we're excited about them behind that old line. And so, you know, Coach Hitchens has done a good job. We were able to get him in here um, this year uh, from Marlin, which was his hometown. And you know, you know the success Marlin had last year with yeah. Coach Torres and that group. And and so, you know, getting Coach Hitchens here to, to coach those guys and he's in charge of our recruiting. He does an unbelievable job promoting our kids and promoting our program. And, uh, you man, we're just blessed. I mean, you know, we have the best facilities in central Texas and, and I think we have the best coaching staff in the state of Texas and we're just excited. All right. And then you had, uh, I, I noticed you fed all the kids like 300 football players. You had the dads up there, uh, bringing them breakfast, getting them breakfast ready the other morning. I cannot imagine. Can you give me an idea how much, bacon or sausage or pancakes it takes to to feed 300 uh hungry uh, panthers yeah we uh you know that's something i like to do i like to you know it, it kind of breaks up the monotony of fall camp and you know this first week such a long week you go two days in helmet and then two days in half pads and then tomorrow we'll go full pads and then saturday we got a scrimmage and so we just felt like today was a good day to to get that going and uh, <clears throat> some of the dads that have been up watching practice i said hey man if I bring my cooker up here and I go to HEB and get some eggs and sausage, you guys be willing to make the kids, you know, breakfast burritos. And they said, absolutely, Coach. And so I think we went through, I want to say, 
about 360 eggs and I don't know how much sausage and tortillas <laughs> and cheese. And so they cooked it up and, and we fed every kid in our program from varsity down to freshman. And so it was just, it was a good deal. And, and those dads did a great job. And man, like I said, we're just super blessed here at Midway to have great kids and great parents. Give the dad something to do other than giving you feedback, okay, for what they're seeing in practice. I think those guys that were there this morning, I think they probably both mentioned, all three of them mentioned several times, hey, Coach, we're going to get a sideline pass for doing this. <laughs> and so I told, them, I told them they keep cooking breakfast burritos and they taste as good as they tasted this morning. I'll give them my headset if they want it. <laughs> Be careful. Some of them would take you up on that. Yeah, no, no uh, doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Shane, uh, always fun to catch up with you. I'm really excited you are back out there, and uh, we can't wait to see what Midway. Love the new district. Love some of the renewed rivalries that are out there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks for stopping by this afternoon. Hey, man, thanks for having us. And uh, like I said, appreciate what y'all do. And if we can never do anything to help you, let us know. And y'all are always welcome. Come by anytime. All right, we'll take you up on that. There you go. Shane Anderson, head football coach at Midway. One of our powerhouses in this area. They've restocked. They've reloaded. They got some really good skill positions, uh, skill players, and uh, have uh, gotten better and better at in the trenches. So it's going to be a good year, I think, for uh, for the Midway Panthers. All right, next a Baylor legend. If you watched back when Cody Carlson and Tom Mickey were playing, there was a long-haired wide receiver they used to throw to. That receiver joins us next. Your weather report is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency has offered Texans policies for their personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs. Check them out at nitschegroup.com. With the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency, Texans can go to one company and get access to insurance coverage options from many carriers. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. Your ESPN Central Texas forecast for tonight. We'll see clear skies with a low of around 78 tomorrow. No surprise, Sunday and hot with a heat advisory in effect and a high near 103. Then slightly cooler the rest of the weekend with highs near 99, overnight lows near 75. Currently it's 102 at ESPN Central Texas. What a year for Baylor Athletics. Austin Abram Smith spins out of the tackle. He's to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5. Abram Smith into the end zone. Getting it in. Yes! Touchdown, Abram Smith. Touchdown, Bears. Abram Smith punches it in for Baylor. <laughs> I love it. From the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. At Central Texas College, they know that in the real world, life gets in the way of plans sometimes. That's why they offer day, night, weekend, online, and lunchtime classes on multiple campuses to fit your schedule. More importantly, they can save you thousands at one of the most affordable colleges in the region. Interested in moving up in the world? Learn more at ctcd.edu. Central Texas College, for students of the real world. CTC classes in Colleen, Fort Hood, and online start August 22nd. Did you know the average American pays over $500 a month for their car payment? What would you do if you didn't have to make that payment for 90 days? Where else could you use $1,500? Keep your car payments at Genco. Buy new or refinance your current vehicle and have no payments for 90 days. Take advantage of our low rates and no payment for 90 days. Only at Genco. 
Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and low policies insured by NCUA. My money, my future, my credit union, Genco. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at Nitchi Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchi Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers. And you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchi Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchi Group at 1-800-258-8302. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. You know, there's two ways to go to a four-year university. One is to start at Central Texas College, enjoy mom and dad's home-cooked meals for two years, save thousands at the most affordable college in the region, and transfer to a university with more money in your pocket. The other way is expensive. So go to option one at ctcd.edu. Central Texas College, for students of the real world. CTC classes in Colleen, Fort Hood, and online start August 22nd. What do John Morris, Kirk Watson, Maxine Hart, Walter Abercrombie, Martha Lou Scott, Michael Hyatt, and Robert Darden all have in common? They've each been interviewed on Baylor Line's Direct Line Conversation series. You can hear from these outstanding bears and many, many more with a subscription to Baylor Line Insider. This is your all-access pass to the best content in the Baylor family. Subscribe today at BaylorLine.com KRZI. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'm excited to share with you that we have over 100 new vehicles coming to us in the month of August. That means you can go back to school in style. So call us today and reserve your new Chevrolet and let us tell you about the largest and cleanest used car inventories in Central Texas. And don't forget that we have one of the best service and parts departments and top-notch body shops that help make your choice even clearer. So give us a call, 840-3261, or shop us 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We're treat you like family espn radio sports center i'm ward weitz with your espn central texas sports center update brought to you by hurley benefit services the nfl on wednesday appealed the six-game suspension for cleveland browns quarterback deshaun watson seeking a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy in the wake of the ruling on monday the los angeles dodgers are paying tribute to legendary broadcaster vin skelly by wearing a black patch featuring a microphone and vin on their uniforms phil mickelson bryson DeChambeau, and nine other golfers suspended by the pga tour for joining liv golf filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Cowboys signed four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Anthony Barr to a one-year deal. Astros avoid the sweep, beating the Red Sox 6-1. Astros hit the road for a series with the Guardians 6-10 first pitch tonight. Rangers swept by Baltimore. Texas starts a series with the White Sox tonight, 7:05 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. <laughs>
It is a Matt Mosley show. ESPN Central Texas. Been a lot of fun today. Eric Nadell, voice of the Rangers, on. And now pleased to have Matt Clark on. It's, uh, you never need a reason to have a guy like this on. Uh, former Baylor wide receiver, short yardage quarterback, jack of all trades. But I was tipped off that he's going to be at an upcoming, the Baylor opener, the Baylor legend for that game. Uh, I believe that's September 3rd against Albany. And uh, Matt Clark, it's uh, great to uh, great to get to visit with you. Appreciate you doing the show today. Thank you, Matt. Great to be with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I assume that, uh, like a lot of former Baylor players, you've been enjoying the uh, resurgence, obviously, uh, under Matt Rule and now with Dave Aranda. Uh, how fun is it for a... Uh, a former player, and y'all had your share of, of great moments under Coach Taft, but to, to see the program uh, get to 12 wins and uh, and basically, I guess, fifth in the country in those final polls last year. Yeah, Matt, it was it was nice to see. Uh, you know, and I haven't had the opportunity to meet Coach Aranda, but everything I hear uh, is, you know, superlatives, uh, you know, from the way he treats his players to the way he runs the program. So, uh, it, it, it's great. I mean, you know, you mentioned Coach Staff and, uh, you know, obviously a legend. Uh, it was uh, an incredible privilege to play under him and see how, you know, obviously he conducted the program during the time that we were there. But, but yeah, it, it brings a lot of, I think, some similarities back to, you know, back to campus to, to the way, you know, a program should be run and the way the program should be respected. What do you remember about Coach Staff, uh, Coach Taff and his uh, in his staff? The first time you were there in Corsicana, you were a star quarterback. In fact, y'all made it all the way to the state title game, as you well remember. What was your first contact with uh, with Baylor during that recruiting process back in the nineteen eighties? <laughs> well, Matt, kind of kind of interestingly, I. Uh... I don't necessarily remember the first contact that, you know, I'd had the opportunity to be coached half as a, you know, as a probably a junior high kid, you know, growing up, he was, you know, obviously active, you know, in, in of course nationally, but, but certainly in the state and, and around, uh, I met him at, at our church uh, probably more than once, uh, as I recall, but, you know, I just remember, you know, thinking how great it'd be to play for someone like that. And then as I got to know him, of course, all of that, you know, surpassed what, you know, what you might imagine until you get to, you know, to know the man. But, you know, it, honestly, Matt, when I made my recruiting visit to Baylor, it was it was late in the recruiting season, back when everybody, you know, nobody signed before uh, that yeah, first week in February. And I, I took my trip late in January. And actually, when I met with Coach Taff on that Sunday, uh, you know, he told me he didn't have a scholarship available to offer to me. So I was pretty disappointed when I went home. And it wasn't until the very next day that he called me, uh, pulled me out of class. Uh, don't remember what class, but I was in I was in class high school, and he said, "Hey, we want you to be a Baylor Bear. We have a scholarship, and uh, you know we'd love you to you know to be here." And I I told him I wanted to be a Baylor Bear. So uh, wow. it was you know it, it was a 24 hour period that was uh, was 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 pretty low at one point, and obviously uh, pretty high <laughs> uh, at, at the end. It's like, why do you want to do that to me? You know, let me know that. But it turned around. Now, were you being um, 
recruited as an athlete, that's got to be an interesting thing for a great high school quarterback. You know, there was another great quarterback, Steve Needham, who ends up at Baylor, and he was an unbelievable high school quarterback. How and you played a lot of sports, though? Was it were you kind of open to playing whatever position, or was there one point you were pretty set on, hey, I want to stay at quarterback? Well, in the recruiting process, man, you know, I wanted to be a quarterback, um, but I love the game of football, and I wanted to play football. Now, you know, I. I went to Baylor thinking I was going to be a quarterback. They told me I was going to be a quarterback. I practiced at quarterback, you know, that fall. And uh, I don't, you know, quite honestly, I don't know what what the coaching staff thought when they recruited. It's like, yeah, we'll tell him whatever he wants, but we think he's going to end up somewhere else. But uh, it did not take me long uh, to figure out, and you mentioned this in, in our run-up to the introduction here, you know, we had – Tom Mickey, we had Cody Carlson, who were both just a year older than me, and I quickly figured out after you know their first year as co-starters that if I wanted to play quarterback at Baylor, uh, I was probably going to have one year to do it, and that would have been my fifth year. So I switched positions. Um, I remember Coach Taft did come to me in the spring, uh, before spring practice, and said, hey, uh, we're thinking about moving you to defensive back. And I said, how about I try receiver? And if that doesn't work, then I'll go to defensive back. And so, uh, like I said, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if, if they knew all along that I was not going to be a quarterback. I was going to end up somewhere else. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I think it worked out. And, again, kind of as you mentioned, I, I did get to play a little bit of quarterback here and there, but in, in special situations. But, you know, yeah. playing with Cody, playing with Tom, you know, the kind of talent that they had as, as – uh, Certainly, as passers, uh, I, my, my days were numbered. I think. <laughs> well, I love the short yardage quarterback, though. Alan Rice did it before you got there, and he went on the NFL. And then you became that short yardage quarterback. How much? I guess that still gave you your fix um, at that um, at that position. And there was just something Grant must have, and I don't know if it had to do with Cotton Davidson or Duke or Wade, whoever was was kind of running that offensive show. But what, Baylor loved doing that, and, and obviously Grant got real comfortable doing that. Did, did, you, did you enjoy that, moving from wide receiver and getting under center in those goal line type situations? Yeah, I did, Matt, and it was, it was a lot like what I did in high school. I mean, yes, I was a high school quarterback, but you know, if we threw the ball three or four times a game at Corsicana, there was something wrong. Uh, you know, we, we ran the ball a lot. I was an option, you know, more of an option quarterback than a throwing quarterback. So uh, I, I was very comfortable in that. And, and quite honestly, it was pretty simple. Uh, and you probably know this, but maybe a lot of your listeners don't. And you may be the youngest person in, in the Central Texas area that remembers back when I played. But you know, when, we would li- when we would line up in that, I mean, it was just counting people, it's counting bodies. And wherever we had the advantage, that's where the play went. So most often we would break the huddle, and this wasn't anything special to me. Alan did it. Tom Mickey did it, you know, the year before I did. I, I you know, I, I did it for a couple of years. But uh, you just break the huddle, look at the defensive line, line up, figure out where you had the advantage, and that's where you'd call the play, and that's where you'd run it. I mean, I mean, again, we were only looking for – typically a yard or two at the time. So we're pretty successful at it. Uh, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't really any more than counting people and expecting to win, you know, win your matchups. 
Yeah, if I know, uh, you know, Tom and Cody, and I still talk to Cody pretty often, I, I bet when you went in there and maybe scored a touchdown or accounted for a touchdown, I bet they didn't love that going on somebody else's <laughs> record at the time. Although uh, those guys had to learn how to share. But I mean, what a, I mean, Matt, for people that weren't watching during that time, that was an interesting time in Baylor football because you did have two great quarterbacks they did two different things extremely well Tom could run and throw Cody could just throw it like nobody's business and the fact that they got both of them to buy in and at one point were rotating every series Uh, Matt for a young guy like you back then was that was that pretty that had to be extremely rare to witness something like that up close two guys that that had a lot of pride, but kind of put their pride aside for the for the betterment of the team. Well, they did, and they were great. You know, they were great examples. They were great role models from from that perspective. Uh, that's why they were both team captains. You know, multiple times. It, it, you know, it was. It, it, that's true. I mean, you know, they were looking at, and and I think that really epitomized our teams back then. Is it, people, you know, people were willing to do what was necessary. You know. From the perspective of, of trying to win ball games, and uh, whether it meant you know one guy playing the you know the entire game or or switching off. I mean, you mentioned it, Matt, at, at the beginning of the, the fall 1983 season. That was that was my freshman year, and I ended up redshirting that year. But the first three games of the season, they didn't they didn't rotate every series. They rotated every play. They would bring. <laughs> You know, they would bring the play in. Tom would bring the play in, run the play. He'd run out. Cody would come in, bring the play in, run the play. They did that for three for the first three games of the year, and then uh, then we then we moved into uh, rotating every series. And so, uh, yeah, very unique. I remember it was uh, well, it was unheard of then, probably still now. And everybody said it wasn't going to work, and uh, we had some great success. In fact, that very first game. Of that 83 season, uh, BYU was in town. It was the only game they lost that year. They didn't lose a game the next year. And uh, Steve Young was a quarterback, and, and uh, you know, it worked, worked out pretty well. For, for my first game to be on the sideline, uh, you know, in, in college, it was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, pretty historic, and a lot of remarkable things happened. Matt Clark joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. He'll be the Baylor legend coming up uh, uh, early this next season, September 3rd. Baylor plays Albany, and he'll be honored. Now, Matt, what do you remember about that uh, 88-yard touchdown? Now, you also, in addition, you were, a, you were an excellent possession-type receiver, but you also had a little speed, and um, I, I, I was at that game. Uh, as I recall, that would have been in because I was at a game in Little Rock, but that was before you got to Baylor when I was a kid. But I think that game was in Fayetteville. What do you remember about that play? Did you? It was that a straight go route, or did you? Did you have to? Did you get free off the line of scrimmage? How did you get free on that particular play? Well, actually, that that, that was 1985, and that, and that game actually was in Little Rock that year. Uh, okay. I'd like I'd like to say that uh, you know the play was called for me. Uh, I beat the guy off the line and, and, and left him way behind. The truth of the matter is, I was maybe the third or fourth option on that play. I mean, we've been run we had run that play all week long, and actually it was designed. I was clearing out the zone, and there were a couple things that were happening under 
supposed to be happening underneath me. As many times as we ran that in practice during the week, the ball never came to me. So I, I honestly, to this day, don't really know what happened underneath and, and why Tom went away from the first option, second option, and threw the ball deep. Uh, but, you know, yeah, 88 yards later, you know, on the nationally televised game, you know, we had a touchdown, and I think that put us up 14 to nothing. And uh, unfortunately, we we ended up not holding on to that lead. But I remember that. I remember I remember thinking, why is this ball in the air coming to me? Because I was, you know, I wasn't the the primary or secondary option on that. The other thing I remember is distinctly is how quiet it was because our <laughs> fans were. I, the Baylor fans were, you know, down around the goal line, you know, around where we had the ball. And so as I was running down the field, it got really quiet, you know, because I scored in the end zone, you know, where it was all Razorback fans. I remember running down the sideline, and it, my recollection is it was like deadly silence, and I could hear a couple of voices on our sideline, you know, cheering, hollering at me to, you know, keep running or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it uh, it was <laughs> – it was pretty fun up until that, um, until we gave up a touchdown late in the game to lose. But uh, oh, that, those are those are kind of the lasting memories that I have of that play. Number one, <laughs> it wasn't ever supposed to come to me, and number two, when it did come to me, it got awfully quiet. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, right around then. Y'all had that one season where you should have beat Texas and Austin, and you should have beat Arkansas in, in Little Rock, like you said. That would have been War Memorial Stadium. Um, I had seen a game there a few years before where Walter was still playing and Gentry were playing. And then that Mm -hmm. game you're talking about, boy, you got loose. And those, those teams, I know y'all had some great times. Boy, you and John Simpson right down the road from Ennis, Texas, um, uh, two of the, two of the fastest white receivers (laughs) Baylor, Baylor had. And, uh, that was, uh, man, those were, those were fun times. Unfortunately, Matt, people always probably bring up to you. A game like the '86 Texas A&M game, which was voted the greatest game of the decade, and it's another right. game y'all didn't win. But I do have to think, looking back on that one, and uh, Kevin Murray and A&M win that game 31-30. Uh, have you ever have you ever been involved in anything before or since that rivaled how great that game was? Well, uh, yeah, I mean it's it, 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 it's hard to. It's hard to say yes to that. I mean, as you point out, it, it was voted the you know the greatest game in uh, in the Southwest Conference in, in the decade of the '80s, uh, and so yeah, that that was a difficult one. You know, we're up 17 to nothing. Uh, we have a chance to punch one in, you know, from goal line. I think to go up 24 to seven, and we don't, and uh, that kind of fueled their their comeback. But yeah, it was a lot of back and forth. Uh, as a fan, I remember after that game coming out of the locker room, obviously extremely disappointed. Uh, and uh, a, a high school friend of mine was waiting outside. He, he didn't play football in high school, but he was a student at A and M, and we'd grown up, you know, school together. And you know, and and he didn't, you know, he wasn't an Aggie fan that was was there to gloat or whatever. He just shook my hand. He said, "That's the greatest game I've ever seen in person." Mm. Uh, so I mean, there's you know there's something nice about being a part of that. I just wish we'd been on the other end of it. You know that that season culminated, uh, you know, with a with a really really nice win um, against you know a Colorado team that was up and coming. You know, 
that we beat in a bowl game, and they, uh, you know, they they ultimately what uh, it was only a couple of years. I don't think it was the next year, maybe a couple of years after that, you know, won a national championship. So, you know, it showed a lot of guts, a lot of determination, a lot of a lot of heart on that team. Because I think I think after that loss, we were four and three, and then we didn't lose again that season. So, again, kind of testament to the to the kind of guys that we had. Yeah, I tell you, you're thinking about that Bill McCartney Colorado team, and you're right, y'all beat them, and then uh, and then it was only uh, I guess uh, Cordell Stewart was there in 1990, and then Darian Hagens became the quarterback, and Baylor beat them in 1991 uh, in, uh, in right there in Boulder. So, man, those were amazing times. Now, did, was Grant okay, Matt, with you? Uh, as I remember, you had a pretty nice head of hair on you. And uh, and some of that hair would 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 hang out the back of the helmet. Grant was uh, Grant was fine with that because I can imagine Grant Grant wanted everybody maybe to be kind of clean cut. Was he okay with you rocking that look? You know, ultimately he was he was he was better with it than my dad was. But uh, <laughs> my dad was, was was very much clean cut. You know, funny funny story, and and I guess things you know come around. I, I, you know, I haven't seen you in person. Uh, I did send you some stuff earlier today. I mean, I, I don't have any hair left, so it's kind of ironic how that how that goes around. But you know, at one point, uh, you know, at the end of every year, you know, Coach Taff. I mean, you met with your position player. You met, you know, and then you always met with Coach Taff. And uh, I I had a conversation with him, and I I asked him at one point. I said, "Are you catching a lot of grief over this?" and and uh, he just kind of laughed or whatever. I said, Coach, if you want me to cut my hair, I'll cut my hair. And he said, you're fine. Leave it as it is. Do what you want to do. So, you know, I, I didn't look. That was one of the things that I really appreciated about Coach Taft and, and the way he treated us as men. Uh, I had a lot of friends, you know, that I played with in high school and, and or I played against in high school or got to know. And, and one of the things that they could not believe, you know, other you know, D1 college football players, they could not believe that for a Friday, you know, on a home game, for a Saturday home game, that, and, and I think this has changed, but when Coach Taft was, was at Baylor, we spent Friday nights in our own bed. We didn't go to a hotel. We didn't go to, you know, I think, you know, sometimes teams, Baylor teams go to Temple or, you know, they go where they stay at a hotel or whatever. We met at the stadium on Friday night. They had a little pep talk, watched a movie. We went home, got up the next day, you know, did our business. And that was kind of indicative of the way Coach Taft treated us as men. And I always remember, you know, as a freshman, you know, coming in, 18 years old, first time away from home, you know, he, he told us all. He said, guys, I'm going to treat you as men unless you give me a reason not to. And so he trusted us with, a, you know, with a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I guess that was kind of one of them. You know, he, he kind of let people be be individuals and, and free spirits as long as, you know, they played the team game as well. So, uh, yeah, I respected that a lot of him, and, and it, it was a lot of, of mutual respect that, that he had for, for the guys. Well, Matt, I, you know, going across the middle was a different animal back when you were playing because there were headhunters like Mike Welch, your teammate, 
that played back then. And, and uh, my, actually, Mike has got some buddies that are we're mutual friends. And, and it's just so fun to get to know and visit with people from y'all's era. Uh, excited to, to be able to honor you and I look forward to seeing you in person. Just tell people you are bald by choice, okay? You could, have that, you could still have that full head of hair if you wanted, all right? Okay, yeah, we'll go with that, and I'll put a cap on, too. So. <laughs> That's right. Protect that dome at all costs. Matt, uh, congratulations. And, by the way, uh, he is uh, – Matt's at Stout, and uh, your valuation, uh, you've had a, a tremendous career in the business world as well. We'll uh, I'll have you on again at some point. We'll talk a little bit about that. But, really, thank you for doing this. Great to, great to catch up with you. Matt, thank you. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to getting down there on September 3rd. And- And uh, it's a great honor, and I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. You bet. There he goes, Matt Clark, Baylor legend, will be honored against uh, Albany on September 3rd. And uh, deep threat, short yardage quarterback, he did it all, and he almost led Corsicana to a state championship back in the day. All right, got to say goodbye now. The dismount is next. Recently on Game Time, we welcome in Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at Baylor University, Mac Roach. The NCA, I guess maybe two months ago, came out and reminded everybody about existing rules and recruiting, and you can't induce student-athletes to come. But until the NCA goes after a school and levies sanctions against them and does it in a timely manner, people are going to continue to do what they're doing. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. They buy gold and silver jewelry at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. Bring in your broken or scrapped jewelry or perhaps an item you want to say goodbye to. And the professionals at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond will make you a cash offer on the spot. These jewelry appraisals are free. And you can also trade in your unwanted gold or silver jewelry for an existing item in the store. It's the world's greatest Western store. Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robertson Drive in Waco. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'm excited to share with you that we have over 100 new vehicles coming to us in the month of August. That means you can go back to school in style. So call us today and reserve your new Chevrolet and let us tell you about the largest and cleanest used car inventories in Central Texas. And don't forget that we have one of the best service and parts departments and top-notch body shops that help make your choice even clearer. So give us a call, 840-3261, or shop us 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. we treat you family your first word in sports game time weekdays 7 to 9 on espn central texas drive it forward with the first central credit and auto loan this summer first central will donate to your local boys and girls club when you refinance or get a new or used auto loan you save and every auto loan activates a donation to be given to your area after school programs plus you get to keep your cash no payments for 90 days it is money for kids and a new ride for you visit firstcentralcu.com today for details and apply online everything we do we do for you 
member NCUA. This is Scott Davis, owner of Universal Windows. With inflation driving material costs through the roof and interest rates rising, don't put off replacing those old inefficient windows. Take advantage of our 0% interest for up to six years. Save the equity in your home. Save your cash. Call today, 254-301-7760, and you too will be saying. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Don't miss the Itasca Gun Show August 6th and 7th. Buy, sell, or trade Saturday from 9 to 5 and Sunday from 10 to 4. Admission is $7 for adults. Children age 15 and under are free with a paid adult. Parking is free. For more information, call Charles Whip Farm Productions, 817-929-1816. That's 817-929-1816. We'll see you at the Itasca Gun Show Saturday, August 6th and Sunday, August 7th at the Hillco Civic and Event Center in Itasca. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. The NFL on Wednesday appealed the six-game suspension for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson seeking a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy in the wake of the ruling on Monday. The Los Angeles Dodgers are paying tribute to legendary broadcaster Vin Skelly by wearing a black patch featuring a microphone and Vin on their uniforms. Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, and nine other golfers suspended by the PGA Tour for joining LIV Golf filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Cowboys signed four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Anthony Barr to a one-year deal. Astros avoid the sweep, beating the Red Sox 6-1. Astros hit the road for a series with the Guardians 6-10 first pitch tonight. Rangers swept by Baltimore. Texas starts a series with the White Sox tonight, 7:05 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Audience Matt Mosley, what a day it's been. Matt Clark on with us, uh, and he'll be uh, celebrated as a Baylor legend. That'll happen at the, before that Albany game, or actually probably, you know, like after the first quarter of that game, and Baylor welcomes back some of its great players. Matt Clark arrived with Baylor, 83, redshirted that year, Played 84, 85, 86, and uh, was out there, of course, for that uh, famous 31-30 loss to uh, Texas A&M. But, man, he was good. He had that short yardage quarterback thing down. He had that um, curly hair, long hair. Love that story that um, he offered to cut it. And Grant Taft said, no, no, no thanks. Uh, uh, you, you, you can do it. You can leave it how it is. I think that says a lot about Grant. Grant had a lot of different personalities, but boy, to a man, much like Coach Landry with the Cowboys, people ended up uh, revering and uh, looking up to Grant uh, for how he treated them. So uh, incredible stuff there from Matt Clark. And by the way, I think his father was uh, was in the core at A&M. 
So you can imagine he was joking about his father not liking the long hair. Well, now you know the rest of the story. His dad went to A&M and was in the Corps, so he probably had one of those buzz cuts. But, uh, boy, Matt Clark had the long hair, had the look going. I would have been about, oh, 12 years old when I was going to those Baylor games watching Matt Clark uh, play. And uh, Cody, Tom, uh, those guys were such legends to me. Gerald McNeil a little bit before them. And then, of course, Walter and, and, uh, and Dennis and all those guys prior to them. But, man, as a kid, and then Jay Jeffrey, the whole, the whole gang. Um, so it was a fun day on all fronts. Uh, real quick, a reminder. And um, we had um, Eric Nadell on earlier. And he broke the news that uh, Bubba Thompson is going to start for the Rangers making his debut tonight. Former first-round pick in 2017, Cole Reagans will make his major league debut on the mound. I don't know if two first-round picks have made their debut in the same game. We'll look that up and see. But really exciting stuff from the Rangers. And uh, we'll, uh, you can listen to that right here, first pitch at 7.05 against the White Sox. Everybody have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. It's time for today's Spectrum Big 12 football preview. Today, a look at the Kansas Jayhawks. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris everybody continuing our series of big 12 football previews today a second look at the kansas jayhawks rushed into last season the first under head coach lance leipold things are more settled and established going into year two we'll hear from him straight ahead on today's spectrum big 12 football preview when it comes to choosing a mortgage lender exactly who you work with has never mattered more than it does in today's economic climate the wood group of fair